baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We welcome Chris Saliza to the program. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Uh, I think we can blame Joe Biden for this because <laughs> I'm currently I'm currently in hour two of driving back from my son's school Ooh. because there is a Biden motorcade. Oh no! This yes. is the kind of stuff that the the political pundits don't realize how much this affects uh, voter exactly. behavior. My vote has been changed. That's it. You're done. Sorry You're done with late. Biden. <laughs> Let me let me ask you this, Chris, because I was just going to talk to Charlie about this issue. I am fascinated at the White House interns who sent a letter telling Mm -hmm. Joe Biden that they want a ceasefire. Uh, Some administration staffers held a vigil in front of the White House. Setting aside the issue itself, what is happening with the workers and the interns of America, or did I just miss the boat so much when I was interning at ABC News? It never crossed my mind that I could tell Peter Jennings what I thought he should do with his broadcast. This is so So weird. I think it is a generational thing. I will tell you, I was a paid intern for George Will, the conservative columnist, when I was in college, and I would not make eye contact with Yes, much less offer my views on the Israel-Palestine situation. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, I think it is. I just think it's very different. It is. It is sort of remarkable. Um, but I think. I think we're showing our age a little bit. For I don't sure. Know. I, I, because for me, I thought the exact same thing, which was like, I mean, when I was an intern, it was very much a. Uh, I was going to say be seen, but not heard. But it was almost don't even be seen. Right. <laughs> just, yes. It was sort of go get the coffee when they needed coffee, kind of job it was not a job in which i engaged in uh in a policy discussion i mean some people have internships where you have actual roles right like you're yeah, that was not me no me either i mean the, the I high tell people what? who are wondering jobs and in, intern jobs in journalism if you work at a big organization like the post or abc or yeah. the times it's not you're not writing like the the lead story on the 2024 <laughs> no. presidential race no no I got to pitch story ideas to Peter Jennings, and at one point in the summer, uh, I introduced myself to Peter, and he was like, I know who you are, Jason. You're here all the time. And I was like, oh, my God, Peter Jennings uh, yeah, actually knows like my name. Yeah, that was like a huge, totally, absolutely, <laughs> yes. was, You know, I was no, not. I, mean, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't an intern, but when I was 20 six and I started working at the Washington Post and Bob Woodward happened to be in the office, it was like the coolest thing ever. Well, the reality is the Israel-Gaza conflict is uh, certainly it's a humanitarian crisis. It's a geopolitical crisis, and it's becoming uh, more and more of a political crisis for Joe Biden uh, when you look at his poll numbers, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting that we started talking about young, young generational differences. I mean, I I think there's a huge generational difference. 
yeah. there. Um, you know, uh, Biden's position, which at least started with, you know, we fully support Israel. He, he's hedged off of that a little bit, but but it's still mainly the position of, of, of the administration. I mean, that's a sort of stone cold winner 20 years ago, probably even 10 years ago. Oh, There's yeah. no real resistance there. But no. uh, and, and, and by the way, no real resistance within either party. You know, right. I, mean, I think the Republicans, while they probably don't want to agree with him, probably would have. Um, it's definitely, I mean, I think he had his problems among young voters, who, by the way, are sort of overwhelmingly Democratic uh, in the last couple of elections. I think he had his problems there. He was not Barack Obama in terms of exciting them and turning them out, but he won them pretty overwhelmingly. This is, you know, I think they were not terribly enthusiastic about the idea of a Joe Biden second term. If you, you know, if you think of it just as an age question, you know, people who are somewhere between 18 and 29 probably don't want someone who is 81 running for a second term, right? I mean, they've been the most resistant always to his age. And I think, you know, I think there is certainly a segment of young people, more young people have more questions about the U.S. positioning on the Israel Hamas situation or Israel-Palestine situation, call it what you, you know, however yeah. you want to describe it. More young people have questions about that than certainly people, I'm 47, than certainly people sort of 45 and up. Yeah, it is. To me, it's very, very interesting. And and certainly as we learn more about what's going on over there, it becomes more uh, messy, right? And more challenging. Yeah. Uh, yep. What I almost always are. It's very, very rare. You know, it's very. What are these young voters going to do, though? Like, do I suppose they just stay home? Right. Is that the issue? That's the question. So I think, yes, I think the issue because, you know, obviously, when I talk about this and write about this, Democrats say, well, what are they going to do? They're not going to vote for Donald Trump. And I think that's right. They're not going to vote for Donald Trump. But just as not just as but close to as corrosive for Biden's chances of winning are them staying home. I would remind people, you know, look at just go and look at Biden's margins. And let's just say I'm just picking two swing states that will be swing states again, Georgia and Arizona. I think he won Georgia by 11,000 and Arizona by 12,000. You know, it does not take a significant change in voter turnout for that to be different. Right. I mean, it's not as though he has this. He had in 2020 a huge amount of sort of votes to play with. So staying home is, I think, a real danger. Obviously, voting for Trump would be more problematic, but staying home is still a problem. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Chris Saliza is our guest. You can uh, check him out on his Substack or follow him on Twitter, Chris Saliza. Uh, Nikki Haley got an endorsement this week from the governor of New Hampshire, Governor Chris Sununu, and you wrote uh, about how that is a sort of a big nothing. What's what's your take of that? Yeah, I mean, I sort of. So my experience with um, endorsements. Uh, you know, my, my formative experience was 2004 when 
Howard Dean was running this sort of outsider insurgent campaign to be the Democratic nominee. Everyone was wondering if the establishment would get behind him. Al Gore, who was sort of the establishment at that point, remember he had been the nominee in 2000. Many people said he had been elected president. He endorsed Dean, and it was seen as like, well, Dean is going to be the nominee. Three weeks later, Howard Dean lost Iowa to John Kerry. He lost New Hampshire to John Kerry, and the race was over. So I'm always a little bit skeptical of how much any one endorsement matters. Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, is popular. He won by 17 points his re-election race uh, in 2022. But he's been a very high-profile critic of Donald Trump. So him endorsing anyone other than Trump is not terribly surprising. And I just don't think there are, are Trump supporters in that state. And by the way, he's winning the state by 30 points. I don't think there are Trump supporters in the state who say, well, wait, Chris Sununu is for Nikki Haley. Maybe I should not support Donald Trump. You know, I just, I'm just very skeptical that there's there's any significant block of those voters. Chris Saliza is with us. Uh, ChrisSaliza.substack.com. Uh, talk about the impeachment uh, inquiry. Uh, the Republicans yeah. voted yesterday in the House to go ahead and formalize the fact that they're uh, looking into impeachment proceedings against uh, Joe Biden. And, and you call that fundamentally unserious. What do you mean by it? Yeah, and I agree, you know, by I the way. Say, but what I, what I would say, and this is not, you know, the, uh, impeachment has now become a political tool. I mean, I, I remember in the late 1990s when, when House Republicans impeached Bill Clinton, it was still like, whoa, it was a big deal. I mean, you know, many people said it was political, but it didn't happen all that often, right? right. Impeachment was in many ways a tool of last resort. Well, that's not the case any longer. It's sort of like if the opposition party controls one of the two chambers of Congress – and the president is of the other party, impeachment feels like a, like a, 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 a predictable must at right. that point. Right. Um, well, I think this is about muddying the political waters. I mean, I, if you read quotes from Republicans who are not James Comer from Kentucky or Jim Jordan from Ohio, who are sort of leading the charge on this, there's lots of quotes from Republican House members and senators who say, like, yeah, there's not like a lot of there there right now. Maybe there will be, but there isn't any now. And, you know, so this is sort of an investigation in search of uh, some evidence. There, there's not really evidence to open this investigation because, yes, Hunter Biden behaved poorly. Hunter Biden, I think, is, is, is provable that Hunter Biden sort of um, traded on his father's name for business. But there's no evidence, none that I've seen, at least, that, that Joe Biden knew about it, that Joe Biden was involved in it, that Joe Biden profited from it. So it feels to me sort of like this is an attempt to say, well, Donald Trump is under four indictments and 91 counts. we got to do something to sort of muddy the waters. And this is the thing that they can do and they are doing. Chris Saliza is with us here on Drive Time with DeRussia. You know, you, we, we talked a little bit about some of the struggles that uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, has with younger voters and vulnerability, at least uh, uh, over the issue that he's being perceived as not uh, uh, doing enough to call for a ceasefire over there. Uh, mm -hmm. Dean Phillips from Minnesota has sort of been flailing, uh, trying to f at first he was running saying Joe Biden's too old. I respect him. I like him, but he's too old. We need yeah. a younger generation. Yeah. Now, it seems that that didn't like uh, that didn't get him very far. And now we have more of, well, he's trying to go, you know, he's calling for a ceasefire here. He's going sort of to the right on other things. Like, what's your read on what's going on there? It, it feels a little scattershot. And, and you know, look, I, I always say that um, the average person. Uh, does not follow the trials and travails of a presidential candidate's staff 
right? Sure, like sure. I always use my mom. Like I'm an only child. I've been a political reporter my whole adult life. So my mom follows politics a little bit, you know, yeah, I, mean, I think she knows right. more than the average bear, but like my mom is not like, Oh, I can't believe Steve Schmidt left the Dean Phillips <laughs> campaign. You know what I mean, like she's not like I'm following it that closely, but she's certainly not. Right. But what I do think staff stuff, when you're losing a lot of staff, people are leaving, people are coming. And I think that's very much been the case with Dean Phillips is I think it, it, indicates a level of chaos and uncertainty like it's like any other organization if all of a sudden the um the ceo or the cfo or the cto all left you'd be like what is going on there you know what i mean like it doesn't seem good and even if the chairman said oh things are great it would be a little bit questionable and i think that's what's going on with dean phillips i mean i think I'm not sure he sort of knew what he wanted to say when he got into the race other than, you know, I just think Joe Biden is too old. I think we're going to lose this race. Uh, and I, and I want to be a person who sort of says that and, and, and in some ways can say, I told you so if and when Joe Biden is too old and loses the race. Right. I think now that he's in it, spending his own money, invested in it, he's sort of looking for a way to be more relevant. And as a result, I think he's kind of all over the place, you know, he is saying Biden is too old, but then it's like you said, he's sort of talking about a bunch of other stuff he hadn't really been talking about. It's not clear to me there's like a cohesive strategy or message here. I don't think Dean Phillips is going to beat Joe Biden, even if he had a great message. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't but think he thinks he's going to beat him. You know? Not reflecting well. No, it's not. It, it is the first whatever month or six weeks of this has not reflected particularly well on him yeah. in my in my estimation. Chris Salazar, we appreciate the time. We're sorry about your uh, motorcade issues. I have finally, the, the traffic has finally begun to move. <laughs> so an hour and 20 minutes after Oof. my drive began, it will end shortly. Very good. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Guys. Always. Three, take care. 350, we'll do traffic and weather next. And a seed art update next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 